0: Hey guys, this is Rob, and welcome to question number 39.
1: Are you sure about that?
0: Mm, I'm pretty sure. Yes.
1: It's okay to jump around in numbers, they don't have to go (laughs) in order.
0: Uh, This is question number 39, and the question is What's the difference between skill and talent? Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent.
1: What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come?
0: It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. <laughs> Why are you
2: ask me? <laughs> you talking to me? Who are you? quiz, hot shot. You're to talk.
0: Okay. Easy.
2: Okay. I can do that.
0: Oh. (laughs) Three, two, one. One, two, three. What the hell is bothering me?
1: What's that from?
0: Do you remember that? That was a, uh, what was the Steve Urkel show?
1: Family Matters? Yeah. I doubt they said, what the hell is bothering me? What the heck is bothering me?
3: (laughs) Three, two, one. One, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? (laughs) <laughs> three, two, one! One, two, three! What the heck is bothering me? Finally. Almost lost it there. <laughs>
1: Complete control now. <laughs> yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar. Do you remember watching that? Yeah, I loved that show. Family Matters.
0: But we always called it
1: Steve Urkel at my house. Oh, it was always called the Steve Urkel Show. All
0: right. For those of you joining us for the first time, my name is Rob Morgan. And for the past 10 years, I've been traveling the world as a bassist and music director. This is my podcast where I sit down over drinks on location with intriguing people I've met to try to get past what it is they do to find out who they are, why they do it, and what I can learn from them. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, my friend, my...
1: Chana Masala master. (laughs) I have conquered Chana Masala, and I would like everyone to know that it is mine. Everybody should know that
0: you have conquered Chana Masala. How did that dish even come into your awareness?
1: I mean, it's a classic Indian dish. I know, but you've
0: you've made it twice the past couple
1: weeks. And I've made it before, and it wasn't as good. And I was like, I have to figure out one that tastes like a restaurant. What is the key? And I have.
0: (laughs) What's the key to a perfect Chana Masala?
1: Well, I think using uh, the right spice blend and using whole spices, uh, like mustard seed and cumin seed, and not adding, like, coconut milk, because that's not authentic. And I had another coconut recipe. Coconut milk is not authentic? Not in that dish, no. Oh. I, don't You don't know anything. Hey, speaking of- <laughs> You're not the master.
0: Speaking of milk, can I interest you in a Guinness?
1: You may. Focus.
0: Focus, focus. I can, one, here
1: you go. Okay. You got to put the coaster on my left side, Ross. I know. Needs prediction. It's also on my left,
0: which is in your right. So it's all, also on my incorrect side. Well. Cheers. To your health. To my health.
1: But not mine. <laughs> <laughs> to my detriment.
0: I am so thankful that we do not have to deal with sponsors. Or else I would have to tell you that... Guinness is not only one of the greatest beers known to mankind, it is uh, diverse. There's multiple different ones you can mm-hmm. go with. I get asked quite a bit, Sarah, mm-hmm. you know, do you, ever get, do you guys ever get sick of drinking Guinness on the podcast? And to that I say, listen, this is question number 39. That means even if we had one Guinness per episode, that's only 39 Guinness. Guin I? Yeah, Guinnesses?
1: I say I? Uh <laughs> Do you really? In my mind, always, yes. Okay. Really? Oh, yeah. Guinea. It's not a real thing, but in my mind, I think it whenever okay. I think of them plural.
0: But anyways, we're drinking today Guinness Extra Stout and it's in the bottle. All right, listen, when I sat down to make this podcast, I wanted to make the most interactive podcast in the history of the world. That happens multiple ways, but one of the ways that happens, for those of you that have been following the podcast, you know that every week we ask Sarah a question. Those questions come from you, the listeners. You can call the podcast hotline. That number is 612-584-9330. Leave a message or... You can even text the podcast hotline. That's where this week's question comes from. You can go to thecuriouspod.com slash contact. You can leave me something there. Also, on the website, we have an interactive map, so you can see where all these podcast interviews have been taking place. And in your comment on iTunes. Rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Five stars only. And when you do, leave us a question for Sarah.
1: Give it away, give it away, give it away now.
0: (laughs) All right, this week's question comes from the podcast hotline, except someone texted in and it just showed up as a number. I'm not going to read their number on air.
1: That's creepy. Good call.
0: But uh, they didn't leave their name. So the question is, if you had the power to slow down time, what would you do with that power?
1: That's an interesting one. I mean, I kind of don't feel like I would do anything different than what I'm doing now. Except, definitely not go to work because I don't want work to be even slower. Yeah. I think I would just seek out the best parts and kind of sit in them a little longer. Hmm. So that would definitely be traveling. Yeah. And not being so frantic when you're traveling, like, oh my gosh, I got to see everything. I got to go here and here and here and just like kind of being more present. Yes. Uh, Maybe staying up later and sitting in the backyard longer or taking longer walks or I don't know, just like all the good bits and make them last
0: uh when i'm thinking about that question i wonder if you had the power to slow down time uh i wonder about time and space relativity would you then within your body age faster so if you slowed down say within a year the amount of slowing down you uh you did that year was equivalent to two years added onto your life would you look older what would you assume if you had the power to slow down time would that affect you physically is that a part of this equation for you
1: it is not, because I'm not thinking very hard about it.
0: <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> thank you for your question. Whoever left that, mystery question asker, mystery text messenger, mystery... Let's oh, make me- up a name. Thank you, Steve. Okay. What would be the name that you...
1: I mean, that's like a pretty go-to. That's like John Doe, but Steve Doe. Mm,
0: thank you. Malachi. Thanks, Malachi, for texting us for your question.
1: <laughs> Anyways, Okay. <laughs>
0: Here's how this podcast came about. A few weeks ago was question number 36. uh, And the question was, what's it like being married to a creative when you aren't one? And it was with my friend, Amanda Nephew, who is a marriage and family counselor or therapist. Therapist. Yeah, therapist. And before that, I shot out something on social media and I said, hey, listen, this is what we're talking about. Here's my question for you. Call into the podcast hotline and leave me your opinion to the question, what does creativity mean to you? And so a bunch of people called in. I played in that episode, you can go to it and listen. What happened was I got a bunch of awesome messages, but also one I didn't add in there because I knew this was going to happen as soon as he left the message was my buddy Jordan Sirock. Your buddy? My buddy. Why did I say it so weird? Anyway, my buddy Jordan Sirock. he called in and he talked about what creativity meant to him. And here's what he said. Welcome back to the best of Dr. Marsha Fieldstone, clinical psychologist and the friend you never had. Sleepless in
2: Seattle. Well, I'm, I'm going to get out of bed every morning. Breathe in and out all, all day long. And then after a while, I won't have to remind myself to get out of bed in the morning. Breathe in and out.
4: Hello. Hello?
2: Who's there? I'm talking. Hello.
1: Who is this?
2: You know what this is. This is Jason Bourne.
1: Ghostbusters, what do you want?
2: Is this a fake hang-up? It's a fake hang-up. Rob, this is Jordan Srock. Hey, man, uh, real quick. How do I define creativity? How do I define what a creative is? I forget the exact phrase, but my thoughts are, and this is something that comes up pretty often, uh, I think creativity is more of a thought process, how you look at things, and much less of a thing that you're doing, much less of a field that you're in. I feel like we tend to think of creativity as Um, the activity you're involved in, if that's being a musician or a creative designer, graphic designer, advertising. You know, there's creative, quote unquote, fields. Um, But I meet lots of people in those fields who are not what I would consider a creative person, and also lots of people in fields we don't think of as creative fields that are very creative people. Um, and for me, what ties it together is how they look at things uh, versus people who are more analytical or more logistical. Uh, so that, for me, is the main difference, and uh, I think it's a super great topic, so kudos. <laughs>
0: All right. Here's the deal with Jordan Sirock. We met maybe six, seven years ago on a flyout gig. He was playing electric guitar. He's one of my favorite people. There's a few friends of mine that I know would be amazing guests on the podcast, and they're on my short list to have on. As soon as I heard this message, I called him back and I said listen, let's sit down. I want to hear your opinion more on all of this stuff. And the reason is because this, Jordan has one of the most unique perspectives out of all my friends, because not only is he an amazing artist, an amazing guitar player, he also is full-time in a job that some would label a corporate job here in the Twin Cities. He bounces them both with the most unique perspective that there is no such thing as a creative job or a non-creative job, a creative person or non-creative person. So we sat down over cocktails, turned the microphones on and just saw what would happen. By the way, massive thank you to Constantine in downtown Minneapolis for having us. We sat in their Whiskey Chapel. This one isn't going to have video footage on YouTube because it was so dark down there. I recorded it. It just looks awful. Uh, But if you want to head over to thecuriouspod.com, the show notes for this episode, I'll have a picture of the place. This place is amazing. If you live in Minneapolis, if you like cocktails, they're also owned by the same people that own Parlor. Couldn't recommend it high enough. You guys, thank you for having us and for your hospitality. So here's my conversation with Jordan Sirock. Okay, yeah. If you if you're cool, if you're comfortable holding on to it, Man, okay. So that has been my biggest, mm. my biggest challenge with self editing. Th- self editing, or it is tricky. I want to be, I want to be real, right? And yeah,
4: because this podcast is you,
0: yeah. And I want yes. us all to be, because I. F- Dude, here's the deal, man. My entire life has been a string of being told what to say and what not to say. Growing up in the church, at least. Yep. And it's like... Well, you don't AG? I grew up AG, yeah. AG? And, and I you think grew up, my parents had joined AG where did Church. Where you grow up? In Lincoln. Oh, Nebraska. Yeah, dude. Man, so I just... This whole podcast has been in a... I mean, it's, e- it's so much easier to censor yourself when you're posting things online.
4: Yes. You know? Right. And this is self editing on the fly. On the fly. Very totally. different. And at
0: the same time, it's been making me think what do I, how do I hold myself if yes. I'm talking like this in the sense of, uh, I mean, we all have professional jobs right. that we have to watch out for right. to a certain extent.
4: True. But this is different for you. Okay. Because everyone, well, I'm just going to everyone, But I think people in general have their, you know, you be a version of yourself in this Mm -hmm. situation. Yes. At work. Yes. Whatever. Different gigs you're at Mm Hmm. in front of your parents. Yes. Different. But you're trying to be yourself here, which is, that's the difficulty, is you want to be as much of yourself as you can.
0: Uh, Yes. Right?
4: Yes. I mean.
0: And this, because people are going to see through it. Right. In a heartbeat. Right. Yeah,
4: and you want to come across as it's uh, you. Yeah, that's the difficulty. That is it's easy to put on a. Okay, I'm this guy for a couple hours here. That's yes. the role I play. Yeah, here you're trying to be yourself, and self-editing kind of maybe feels like you're taking away from
0: yes. yourself. Yeah, a little bit, and then it's the defining what parts of you are yourself. Right. So then there's the self-editing of enunciating or I or not right. mumbling over your words right. or whatever it is. Right, which then making that sound normal. Yep. but then it's the things of like when you're saying I don't want to come across as
4: right Oh, that's what Jordan really that's thinks. my thought. yeah that's my thought is uh, I usually don't take an opinion unless I've thought through it. yes, so I, I won't declare an opinion until I am sure what I think and why I think it, at least mostly sure. yes. And that can just come across strong, you okay. know? Okay, yeah. So if I'm gonna say I have an opinion, this is why, yes. which will also come along with, this is why you're wrong, because I've already thought, thought this through, yes. it yep. just comes across. Whereas Danielle, for example, the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Typical, you know, feeler versus thinker, whatever. If she Which feels is fine, because I'm the
0: opposite. I'm more in Danielle's yeah, category. Yeah, if she
4: feels a certain way, yep. then that's true. because yep. Just because we feel that way. Yep. So very different, but.
0: And then it's in the moment. There's there that is cool of being willing to sit on something till you're ready to form an opinion on it instead of just right. like spouting it off right in the moment. Yeah, I just think
4: you know, even when I hear something that kind of piques my interest, mm-hmm. or I don't know, this is going to sound nerdy, but say listening to NPR and like there's a segment, and ah, oh, that's really interesting. I'm thinking about it. I will. Like, mute it, mute the radio in the car, think through it for myself. Okay, he said this. I agree with that. You know, kind of try to poke oh, holes in it mentally? Yes. Okay, yep, I still believe in that. And then I try to explain it, like, out loud. This is super nerdy.
0: Oh, I love out this. loud,
4: try to explain it to someone else. Like, yep. I'll have a pretend conversation with whoever. And I'll be like, and I'll just literally... So this and explain this concept Yes like, Okay if I can explain it well enough Then I can grasp it Then I know I grasp yep. it Yeah And yep. then I know it's going to stick Whatever I heard Like I want it to stick Yeah um, Yeah That so is
0: fascinating Man have you Did you do like Speech class Or did you ever do Toastmasters no, or anything Or does that was, just come it's, from it's Where does it come from
4: just I want to I've realized for me I hate um, Learning something Or listening to something agreeing with something and then not applying it oh, and I yes think, okay me like anyone else if i just hear something one time and it's gone yes it's gonna be gone yes and so rather if i even if i hear a podcast it's like okay yep. I listen to this podcast it was amazing if i want it to stick i've got to listen to it again i've got to listen to the highlights again yes um if I'm in a meeting at work and it's like, oh man, that's a great point, never thought about that before, I need to write it down, and I need to play that back in my head a few times, and for me, it's saying it out loud. Like, okay, great. If I can explain this in a pretend conversation to someone, then Then I know I have a a good concept of it. You know? Oh,
0: that's so good. Um,
4: And that's just for me. Yes. If I I need to hear myself kind of work through a conversation, okay, this is how I would explain to someone, I get halfway through, I stumble. Okay, let me think about it some more.
0: Do you ever hear yourself and then realize after you said it out loud that you actually don't agree with it? Right. Or Does that ever happen?
4: Um, not that I don't agree with it, but definitely that, okay, I thought I had this uh, fully formed thought and fully formed argument, and I don't. Because as I'm saying it, I'm thinking of counter arguments or thinking of, yes. oh, wait, you didn't think about this You know, point about it. Okay, so think about it some more start the conversation yes. over again. Ugh. Always in the car. Dude, that is you know?
0: so nerdy um, and brilliant. But That's, it's super yeah, nerdy. It's great. Uh, I but love then that. it's like,
4: okay, now I know that this is what I think. This is why yes. I think it. Yes. And I'm able to articulate my honestly, thoughts out loud. Yes. Part of it's probably insecurity. I hate, just the way I'm wired, I hate being a guy who says something, someone asks why, and I don't have an answer. Hmm. I don't want to be that guy that has an opinion on something. Yes, but can't back like, it up. Oh, uh, actually, I haven't really thought about this opinion that I just said. Told yes, you that I believe in. So,
0: yeah, well, I've actually that's yeah insecurity too. Man, okay. You, so the things you're the, that whole process you're talking about, I think of it uh, in two different parts. One is the external processing and being able to convey your thoughts yep. uh, which I naturally suck at and then the <laughs> second part is internalizing you're talking about internalizing the information right? Uh, which I number two I also suck at uh, in the sense of we're bombarded with so much information exactly dude I'm that way with like okay podcast when you're driving yeah. I'll burn I'll go straight from one and on a podcast people are dropping crazy wisdom right. and then I go right into another one right. that's talking about something different I never give myself time to process I am
4: always trying to pretend like i knew what life was like 30 40 years ago when we didn't have this constant stream of information like you know at will whenever yes. you want anything you can learn something if yeah you want. and that is so great but i feel like it also minimizes the value of knowledge because so it minimizes the value of knowledge so i shouldn't try quoting anything so this is going to be a paraphrase
0: um, my whole life is a paraphrase. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> man. I've read, uh, man. i read a study somewhere yeah, at some exactly. point in time that Somebody some ratio really loves, for that, sure said yeah. this, but I don't remember exactly where yeah. it came and from. I can't tell you, you the numbers, yeah. but it's my it point was a, is it was a big number. Trust me. All
4: right, I can tell you for sure it was the Times or the Washington Post. Yeah, they did an op-ed or editorial on um, the value of information and yes. how there's this. Oxymoron where information is more readily available, obviously, than ever before. Mm-hmm. Not only that, really good information.
0: Not just the internet, podcasting experts
4: in their field
0: are. How's it going? Feel free to jump in at any point in time. Oh, sorry what, do you, what are you selecting? Oh, magical. There you go. There, we go. there you go. Is it all right tell us this. Is this the Scotch room or the whiskey room? It's the whiskey chapel. Whiskey ch- I neither was
4: whiskey way chapel. Off. <laughs> Could I order yeah. a drink from you? Yeah. What do you feel like um a penicillin, a riff on a penicillin. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I'll awesome. do the same. Alright. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Yeah.
4: Uh I was gonna say okay, value the information. Uh, yes. So, um information available more than ever before, mm-hmm. quicker than ever before, probably better quality information. Mm-hmm. Same concept as uh, this, is, I don't think it's, an, it's a study, it's just an editorial, someone's opinion. But I don't remember who name, said it, but it, Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding.
4: Same thing as, yeah. okay, we have um, Google Maps or Apple Maps to use. Mm-hmm. for somehow there's this phenomenon that goes hand in hand with that, is people know their way less around a city Because they're not learning the city, they're just following turn-by-turn directions. Yes. And what happens with knowledge when you can plug into any podcast, Google anything, the most common, this is the great point, the most common um, voice-enabled, so like Alexa or Siri, question is how to boil an egg. Why is it the most common? Because people treat information as disposable now. You need it for a task, for a thing, Yes. instead of say 20 years ago, you had a book, a basic cooking book. Yes. You read it, mm-hmm. you didn't want to have to go back and read it again and find this book. Yeah. You absorbed it, Yeah, you learn how to boil an egg. Yep. Now, Alexa, how do I boil an egg? You learn it, 30 seconds later, you've done it, and you forget it, and next time you say, Alexa, how do I boil an egg? Knowledge <sighs> is disposable because it's so accessible. Yes. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. So I've learned that that's so true for me, and if I hear something, and I'm like, that's great. I want to know that thing. I want to remember it. Yes. I've got to like that week, a couple times, come back to it. Even, even a sermon or something. Yeah. Um, a point in a meeting. Even yes. something, something, something like I need to like my boss is presenting on something. I'm like, okay, I need to know that. I've got to write it down, and I've got to go back and look at those notes a few times yes. to make it stick. Otherwise, it's just disposable information.
0: Man, it is Does everything. It make you're, sense? Oh, one hundred percent. When you, I'm getting it's I've, the opinion uh, that I have is the difference between uh, if you pull up directions someplace yep. and you do step by step. Versus you pull up a map exactly. and you understand the whole place. Okay, live we're live going up through 94. We'll take a left here. Yep. If even I feel like I am good with directions. Yep. Feel like I'm great with that. But if I do step-by-step step somewhere, when I get there, I'll, I could have no idea where the hell we are. Right. Exactly. Because... Yep. I didn't. learn turn to turn to turn. Now I'm just done. Just got this. Forgot it. Throw it away. Yep. yep. Man. Okay. So how do you... Do you have a process to remind yourself to go back to the information? I do,
4: actually. This is so nerdy, but I love this. this is so nerdy. This isn't what we're supposed to talk about, but this is nerdy. This so is exactly I've got
0: what we need to talk an
4: about. An ongoing note...
0: I don't know where my. I'm gonna pull up my phone too.
4: So an ongoing note that is notes like this. So, um, for example, everything here is like, uh, like a sermon. If you're using five chapter, try to watch this again. Uh, Podcast I watched on this. Um, Have to listen again to sermon on enough. That's just notes myself that okay you got to go back to this this week yes and so you have that weekend. on you
0: have it on one just An one note. note
4: I'll do it delete it it comes off yeah it's kind of like my to do list of constantly adding and subtracting items so I have three ongoing notes yeah in broad categories and that's how I do most things yeah
0: okay three ongoing. I love specifics because I'm, I'm totally taking this from you. So, you have one note opened up within the notes, mm-hmm. and you'll label that.
4: It's not labeled. I just know because there's only have three notes in my okay. phone. I have a work note. Yeah. And that's work notes, work thoughts that usually happen outside of work. Because if I'm at work, mm. I'll document yes. it a different way. Yeah. Um, it's a reminder, a to do yeah. list, uh, whatever. And but then when you're done stuff. with something within that note, you'll off. delete it. Yep. Okay. Take it off. Um a personal note, which is mostly yep. items like that. Yeah. Um or sorry, like a personal like personal development. Like just life. Interests, th- yes. Curiosities. And then like a household slash kids note. Yes. You know.
0: And is it a to do list? Or you were kind of you would mentioned it's that, both. but it, or is it yeah, uh, to do list or in uh,
4: not a to do list like go get groceries, a to do list like medium, short term goals. Um hmm. talk to Charlie about this thing Mm -hmm. or research how to talk to Charlie about this thing. Yes. Um, Or uh, (sighs) it it also could be, you know, bike day at school is Wednesday. Remember to load up the bikes. Totally. You know, stuff like that.
0: Uh, Man, that is so brilliant. Okay, so yeah, his, uh, the thing I listened to on, I think it was an interview with, robert rodriguez with tim Ferriss's podcast and his thing he calls it a hit list oh man i'm pumped about this you know what you're getting i I got the same thing as you it's uh famous grouse Lafroy 10 salt uh grapefruit bitters and yerba mate honey ginger syrup yerba mate honey thank you my pleasure oh my gosh cheers
4: you know what a penicillin is no so basic yeah honey lemon scotch
0: oh and smokiness
4: man.
0: that's so good from that lefroig penicillin you sick yeah oh man that's so good is it i f- i consider myself someone that knows oh. cocktails and to to not know the mm. penicillin ooh yeah up
4: your alley too with the scotch yes it's, it's what seems um Strange, a refreshing scotch drink. Mm. Oh, yeah. So good.
0: Uh, the, my, the hard thing for me is finding, when I'm making a cocktail like this at home, find the balance between sugar and the sour. Sure. Yes. I'm either, they're usually coming out too sour. Sure. Or too sweet, like too syrupy.
4: Yeah. Sweet is, that is tricky because they balance each other. Yeah. So if one's off, yeah. the other would be off. Yeah. Or one oh, is, is you know, too so much of one not enough of another. Um, mm. Spice helps, and so does bitter helps with the sweet. Yeah. If you have too much,
0: yeah. sweet. We've been doing a ton of. Um, I don't know if it that's it's a proper cocktail name, but a Fitzgerald. So it's a like a gin sour mm-hmm. in the summer with mm. bitters in it, mm. which is just awesome. Oh, uh, I bet, man this kind of reminds me a little bit, but not, no, it's way more balanced. Have you done a rusty nail ever? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Your yeah. Yeah. rusty nail is good.
0: With Durant, but you have to have drambuie yeah. in it and that can be finicky. I used to be into drambuie. Okay.
4: But, the, I don't know, now I kind of hate it. I think you went over You know when you use something <laughs> oh, yeah. and it's totally. like you're too much? Yes. Um, just oh, the that's consistency so awesome. is too yes. thick for me. It's so too thick. syrupy. Yes. And I just, the flavor is fine, yeah. but the consistency for me, I'm just over it. It's M- too much.
0: Man, getting into scotch stuff, have you checked out, uh, his name's Ralphie on YouTube. No. Hey, man, he is one of my favorite guys. Really? So he's a guy in Scotland. Uh and he, oh man, now that I'm saying this, we're going to be over in Scotland was this gonna year. I say, have
4: you been to Scotland?
0: Oh, uh, I haven't You've been to yet. Ireland. We've been to Ireland. Okay. And we're going to be in Scotland this fall. Speaking and of, this is
4: great. Like,
0: I feel like I'm, I'm laying on <laughs> somebody's kilt right now. <laughs> For anybody not watching this video, the benches are just lined with kilt material. wool flannel. Okay, this is the greatest room ever. It is very cool. So I've been trying to keep, speaking of notes, I've been keeping a note uh, in my phone of, I mean, I've, this is why I love talking about these nerdy things because I have, I'm always trying to fine tune my process. Mm -hmm. And right now I have so many lists. Mm -hmm. The, the one list thing. Yeah. Is Robert Rodriguez anyways, calls it his hit list, but his was more of a to-do list. And so his has been ongoing. Mm Um, and he also does see the speaking of, uh, Recalling information. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like you'd appreciate this. One of his things is every day at the end of the day, he sits down and opens up a Word document, Mm. brand new, writes the date on it, Mm. and then bullet points every single thing that happened. He calls it, I think he calls it his log interesting and if he read like a cool uh if you read like a cool article about something he was working on or something like that he puts it on there if a family thing happened he just logs it and saves it so he has this folder of the years and he can go to every day plus it's searchable and he can tell you everything that happened interesting i have an analog version of that and i have a log book and at the end of every day i have half a page and i just a handwritten yes and, wow. I, and I well, and I just bullet point. It's so much time. I know it's, it sounds like a lot of time. Do you have neat handwriting? I I do I do have neat handwriting. If I'm th- I have you. two handwritings. Good. One is if I'm in a rush, yes. like if I'm jotting stuff down right now, horrible handwriting. Uh, but then my other one, if I'm th- think if I'm slowing down, it's clean.
4: I have two. Yeah. When I slow down and try harder, it somehow gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. But, but then when you let
0: your muscle memory kick in, it's yes. just like this is amazing. Who's this person? <laughs> Oh, uh, that's funny.
4: I do uh, a maybe similar reverse, Yes, which again, just started in the last couple of years, yeah. probably with having two kids and just survival, mm-hmm. is one of the very, actually, probably the very first thing I do every day uh, at the office is I'll unpack, get set up, whatever, go get coffee, open up a Word document, yeah, and do my have to get done's, must do's. And not just for work, like what yes. has happened today, all encompassing yep. at work with the kids at home, yeah. everything. What has to happen? I do that, and that's my guide for the day. Yes. You know? Oh and yeah, that is just survival. I couldn't imagine anyone not having some kind of yes, you know, itinerary for the day.
0: Man, it is this living in the world of technology that we're. I mean that that we're talking about right now it's... Not having those tools put in place just to record information Mm -hmm. is uh, laziness, in my opinion. Because it, well, you have to. You have to. And that's your life is ten times more uh, more focused.
4: Yes, it is. Because that's the
0: huge. I interrupted. Yeah.
4: Yes. Well, that's the huge. You know, um, a huge negative to technology is uh, there's constantly a distraction six inches away. Yes. You know. Yes, um, and you can spend your whole time your whole day just wasting time so easily. Yes, it's crazy Even for the most driven person. There's this constant temptation that didn't exist 10 years. Ago, yes, you know And uh, we're all figuring out how to cope with it.
0: Oh man, there's I this I wrote something down that's uh, an actual statistic from back in the day Um Okay, Dr. Gail Matthews from, the D- from Dominican University. Is that Oprah's friend? It's Oprah's friend. Is it? Uh, no. Oh, it sounds... <laughs> <laughs> uh, merely writing down your goals increases the likelihood of achieving them by 40%. I believe it. Just by writing down goals. And then they say if you write things down by hand, uh, the second the second you do that, it activates literally a different portion of your brain is activated for uh, memory recall. <gasps> and retention. Interesting. And I think both of those words are interchangeable, so I'm just, memory recall, remembering stuff, retention, and also being able to pull back things that you uh, recalled earlier. Gotcha. (laughs) I believe it. Um, Um, So that's why some things, the only problem is it's not searchable then, Right. if it's analog. So I'm trying to find the balance of those.
4: Um, Microchips in your brain. Oh man.
0: Yes, okay you man here's the on this technology stuff the reason i'm fascinated is because um it's kind of it makes me think of working out a little bit too which Mm -hmm. you uh, i mean you're fantastic body Uh, thank you i mean we're we're, we're sitting here completely without pants (laughs) on uh man i feel so uncomfortable that you would show up at constantine minneapolis completely (laughs) naked but that's neither here nor here it's fine uh, and also, here. here's another thing. Man, we're talking about doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. And, we, and earlier you were talking about uh, uh, filtering yourself. Yep. I was about to say, man, I just said, even right now, and it probably went past you, I said, that's neither here nor here. I've realized in the past year that I, the crap that's coming out of my mouth. Verbal crutches. Oh, my gosh. So, I had, one of the
4: reasons I had, um... The first time, like, the first couple years, I was, like, technically whatever you consider, like, middle management or whatever at work. Yes. Leading meetings and being aware of verbal crutches. Yeah. How really. Terrible, you are at speaking in front of people. Yeah, just painfully
0: obvious all of a sudden. Yes,
4: it's terrifying.
0: Yes, it's so bad. and I would I never would, have this conversation with right. anybody other than a good friend. Right. Doing I would a podcast. Let's talk about verbal meetings. Crunches- meetings yes,
4: because I thought I don't have an enemy today. Yes, I, I just are you really really oh really like, you, yeah j- anymore yeah yeah. But at the beginning, you'd be like I just don't have an enemy to
0: one hundred percent. You know, I'm
4: just going to say I've got this project going on. I'm too yes. busy. It's not really a needed meeting, and mm-hmm. I'm just gonna stand in front. and I'm gonna, I've got 15 minutes worth of you know content, and I need to fill up 45. Yes, that's just for me. A I can't wing it. A recipe for disaster. Yes, I'm gonna stumble, I'm gonna say stupid things, I'm gonna try to make two like slightly off color jokes that are not gonna
0: fly. <laughs> yes. It's just gonna be bad. okay, it's legit. Oh meeting. man, <laughs> oh, I love that discernment to say this is not happening <laughs> today, man. I I am the exact same way, except then what happens is I have scheduled something like this with someone. I can't back out. Yes. Uh, so I just make myself sound like an idiot <laughs> half the time. Uh, man, man. because uh, of this, all right, here's a question. I uh, There's another ver- verbal crutch uh, for this mm-hmm. podcast stuff. I found that uh verbal affirmation I do way too much. of saying when you're talking, I say, Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. And then when you listen back, that's super annoying. Just shut your mouth. And it is the hardest thing giving affirmation, nodding your head like you're doing it without saying yes, yes. in the world, because you don't realize you're doing right. it. Right. And, and yeah. It is
4: difficult, you know uh so active listening. This is really yes. funny. This is, this is yeah, a, active listening, this active listening is that's what it's a what it is. ongoing uh Marital source of tension, if you mean Danielle. So, Danielle is, uh, she very much gives verbal affirmation, ongoing verbal affirmation. And I will not have made a point yet. I'll be five words in and say, what are you saying yes to? I don't even make a point. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. yes. Thinking, you
4: know I'm listening. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I know you're listening. You're staring at me. Yes. What are you saying yes to? That means it makes me think you're not listening because I haven't made a point yet. And you said, uh-huh. <laughs>
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> just shake your head. Yes, I see. Right.
4: You- <laughs> um, but it is tricky because sometimes I will realize I'm just staring at a person. I haven't given them. Obviously, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. But then I have no idea what I'm thinking. If I disagree with them. If I'm agreeing with them. So there's also the other side. Okay, like, so okay, you come
0: at it and it's natural to not. It's natural to not. And I the think vocal okay, your affirmation. Yes. You're sitting over
4: here really agreeing with this person. You should let them know so they don't hmm. think that you're over there just fascinating. Thinking internally terrible oh, thoughts about them. You, you know? and I
0: couldn't be more different in so many ways. That's why it works. I love it, dude. I love <laughs> it. Man, I. But which is interesting uh, to me because
3: you're
4: the oldest of a lot of kids, right? Yep.
3: Oldest of six. Six?
4: Yes. So I feel like. Broad stereotype, naturally those are people um, are like a, uh you know I'm gonna say left brain and right brain, but I'm two cocktails in that That's kind great. of person who's more analytical, um, less uh, emotional, yes. less of a feeler. Yep. Stereotypically, of course, I, it
0: could not be completely opposite from the stereotype. Uh, Enneagram, yeah, two. If you've dove into that, yeah. I'm a two, which is your one. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if the wings have any uh reason why I'm a, I'm a jordan fan i but my thing is total feeler so it's feeling and that's i don't think that's enneagram i think that's the myers briggs uh, yep. and then on with enneagram is the helper so i'm also agreeable i want me ma- i want people that to makes, feel that makes
4: sense as an older child which oldest child
0: yeah And it can be good. And stuff growing up, and speaking of filtering stuff, there's things on this podcast that I just, I avoid. So talking about family stuff that's a little bit heavier, I'm thinking, okay, I don't know who's listening to this. We talked about
4: earlier. Which family members? Yes,
0: I don't know how far I want to dive in and let that stuff out there. Sidebar. Yeah. Isn't it
4: being yourself 100% who you are now at whoever old you are, as a fully formed adult, is that always difficult in front of parents? It like never goes away, right?
0: Yes. Isn't that
4: crazy? Is that Uh, dynamic, how entrenched that is?
0: Yes, and it's funny that you say that because I've had multiple conversations with older people, and by older I mean uh, beyond us, like in their uh, even 50s, 60s, whose parents are still alive, and no matter how old you are, it sounds like that never goes away. I'd believe it. Um, drinking, I've, for I've instance. waited for
4: it to go away, and yes. it doesn't. It never does.
0: Yes, I, I've met. Uh, so I don't. Did you grow up in the AG? Yeah. we talk, Okay. So no drinking. Hardcore. I've talked to people who are like, "Oh yeah, I feel com- uncomfortable drinking w- in front of my parents." Yep. You're 56, and your parents are Crazy. in their 80s. What is? It just but doesn't go
4: away. I do believe that. Yeah. But even cussing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. Oh man. I would man. be abhor... I I would just be appalled if I cussed at my parents
0: accidentally. Yes. I would be. Totally. Yes. I just feel like I wronged them. Yeah, you'd feel so guilty. Just so dirty. Yeah. That is funny. Okay, where do you find... um, All right, give me your opinion on this then. Uh, We were... When we were talking about the difference between finding what part of you is you that you don't want to filter and be fully yourself, but then realizing the parts of you that aren't really you, so like... Uh, for instance, even we're talking about your speech, enunciating sure. or putting, on a, putting sure. on a thing where you're being more business professional in some front of right. some people. There's these hats we have to put on in life. Where do you draw the line for you of saying, this is where this is who I am? Yeah,
4: you know what's interesting, um, connected a little bit off topic. So I was talking yeah. about my brother recently, not to get way into this, but I got married really young, way yes. younger than I would think most people. Good for yeah. most people. Can't believe they got married that young. Twenty three. So Twenty three. So young. yes, crazy. I married ten so years. Young. It is crazy. If I, I heard yeah, someone doing that, I would say, "Don't do that." Yeah. It's insane. Um, the diffi- one of the difficulties of getting married that young is you change so much in your twenties. You and not like you necessarily even change is a bad word. You just uh, have no idea what you're going to be like as an adult with. Yes, career job or as a twenty-eight-year-old or as someone who has kids—you don't even know because you haven't experienced it yet. You're not even just changing; you just haven't even gotten mm-hmm. that far. Um, so,
0: I would is, say changing. Changing is a great word. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you have ever—I don't know if you journaled ever. Yeah. Uh, but like, looking diary. when I look back, yeah, diary. Man, looking back, I'm like, this is a different person. Who is this? Person? I'm, embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes, uh, Danielle, my
4: wife, has this. Uh, box of all these letters i wrote to her when we were dating i mean i can't even read them i feel so uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> like, who, is this? Who, who was this person this sappy romantic uh, so we're talking funny. about that from this context of he's now 33 didn't date didn't, honestly didn't want to date oh yeah all about school all about career whatever now he's dating we're talking about oh it's great like you know who you are a lot more than yes. a 23-year-old is a 33-year-old. Yes. Um, but the difficulty is you're set in your ways. And the people who you could date is you know, oh, this very yeah. narrow percentage of people because you're not going to flex. You've established already who you are oh, in yes. all these ancillary adult yes. ways. And you know the available pool is like way pared down. So just the positive negative. But yes, you do change a lot um, I completely figured out what the question was
0: man well uh, the thing about before the changing uh, uh, we are talking about uh, w- at what point do you draw the line of this is who I am sure except for the fact that when you're talking about being older that is something of I've, I just had a conversation with a buddy of mine who is uh, mid 30s and he was saying, like, I'm getting back in the dating game and finding a girl that lines up right. a woman so is now it's so specific? because yeah, it's specific and everybody else is specific about the, what they right. want and opinionated. Yep. So it just becomes right. You, – you're just more and more fine-tuned. Yeah.
4: Right. Like, your, your values you, are different. As, when, as, when you're as younger, you go older, yeah. You may have some opinions, but you don't value them as much yeah. as dating a cute girl. Yes. You get older, you'll date a cute girl. If she lands with what you think, because yeah. that's what you value more.
0: <laughs> yes, totally. Uh, man, I would like to say that I ended up with Sarah because I weighed every aspect of her personality. I felt like it was the direction mm-hmm. I wanted to go with my life. False. Uh, we started dating because she was smoking hot, and uh, <laughs> the rest is history. Right, <laughs> and we grew from there.
4: Danielle, uh, super yeah. cute, had this awesome southern accent, which, by the way, is like not fair. Like guys with southern accents sound stupid. Yeah, girls super hot. But my point to your question, my answer to your question is, I don't know if you're, if you ever know who you are in every scenario at all times. I think it's constantly changing and growing. I think it constantly changes and grows slower as you get older, and things do become more constant. Um, yes. But you know, I don't think it's. Uh, like you're, uh, you're artificially becoming someone else when you put yourself in work mode or yes. I'm in leading a project mode or I'm in dad mode or whatever.
0: I think you are just never a hundred percent yourself. You have these different facets that make up you right. and you lean into those maybe right. when you're in those sections. And I think,
4: I mean, life, it's constant self-discovery. Uh, you may be really into one thing for a season or for a long season, most of your life, and then you kind of grow out of it. Um, but I do think it is.
3: Yes, that's so I good. I think man. life
4: is less about maybe who you are, quote unquote. And I think it's more helpful to understand how you operate. Like what, like self reflection, I think is super important. Like, large portion of maybe what makes something right is why do I feel that way or okay I think this but why do I think this like what makes me as a person tick and that takes a long time to figure out and different situations different scenarios and all of a sudden you're in a new one you're at a a different leadership role at work or you're a parent now it's like well I have no idea really how I operate as a parent and what makes me tick and what motivates me and what Frustrates me. I don't know. You're kind of constantly figuring that out. yeah now you're in a different season of life, whatever oh, area. man.
0: That is so good.
4: I l- but so many people don't know what motivates them, what emotional triggers they have. I think that's yes. a discipline that people need. I, Self-awareness. Me, being self-aware. Yes. Um, man,
0: and that comes back to what you are saying earlier with your meetings, where you're like, I'm self aware enough to know that I'm not if if I get in front of people right now, it's not gonna be what I want to present to people. Right. Let's just and not do it. Yeah. yeah. So we'll put it off to a time where I am ready and prepared. Yep. Uh man, that's so good. Because then if you would have gone into that, I don't know, I'm I'm just maybe I'm making a bigger deal of this um than it needs to be. But I think about uh this phrase always goes on in my mind. This quote is we judge ourselves by our intentions, but we judge everyone else by their actions. So this thought of, okay, who makes you, you, uh, if you would have stepped in front of your office place, being in an unhealthy place, the second you do that and how you exist right there and present yourself, that now is you to everyone else. Exactly. Whereas if you delay it to when you're in a healthier state, then All of a sudden, you've gone from one day to another. You're still the same person with these different aspects. Yes. But now to everyone else, you're a completely different person.
4: That is so true. And, you know, part of this is maybe I I air me a little more on this side or nerd out more on this side because it's my idiosyncrasies. Yeah. But I am hyper aware of that. Are you? Okay. So, for example, most times if I'm in, in... out of the normal and abnormal social situation, I will practice, or at least think through, a couple talking points, a couple five minute conversations. For example, if I'm going to a happy hour after work or going to a work party going for dinner, and it's all my peers, I've been in that social situation a million times, nothing's yes. out, of the, out of the ordinary. No th- no, thought required. I'm yep. just going to go winging at dinner. It's going to be
0: great. Yep. You get to be comfortable.
4: If I go there and I know uh, my boss's boss is going to be there, someone yes. I don't interact with a lot, Yes, I know that winging it probably won't work. Also, those interactions, like that's going to be because my time with him is so small. If we hang out tonight, that's a pretty big percentage of our history is going to yes. be this dinner we're going to right now yes i'm not gonna leave it to chance i'm gonna talk through in the car on the way there a couple talking points and i'm gonna walk in with this prepared yes i'm not, I'm not gonna wing it
0: and you'll you know? have you'll literally yeah. say out i'll know loud. exactly
4: what i'm gonna say to you, hey jd what do you think about this and we're gonna have a conversation yes. because winging it you know, there's just—it's probably not going to go well. I'm probably going to have a couple cocktails in me. And yeah. That's going to be a perception of—I'm uh-huh. going to leave there thinking, "Oh, this is what I meant to say." Yes. And he's going to leave there thinking, "Ah, oh, man, Jordan guy's a little strange."
0: What's, yeah. What's he, going uh, on with him? Okay, I—I 100 percent. I'm pausing because I want to make sure this, I 100 percent agree with you that that is amazing, and that is—I yeah, think that's. Uh, being true to yourself, still, but being intentional at right. the same time. Right. What would? I, but I feel like we live in a world where other guys our age in our. See, this is why we're having a conversation, is because you live in two worlds. You live in this world that's yes. analytical, in this world where you have to deal with business professionals, yes. and then you exist as an electric guitar player with artist, I, yes, hard quotes artistic, yes, uh, who, people who you are able to go from one world to the next and know how you hold yourself in an authentic way, and yep. I don't think that's inauthentic. Yep. And also I'll say that right now. I don't think a lot of people on the other side of the artistic world can do that too and hold themselves right. in the in a professional setting of right. thinking through what you're going to say uh if someone am um, to play devil's advocate if someone was going to say well that's that's being uh, that's you're thinking about too much man just go into it be yep. yourself like what would you say to that have you had those conversations with sure. yourself
4: and i would say so again And this is kind of maybe not to also make this about my marriage but oh. this is kind of the constant dynamic between me and danielle who Broad stereotype, but largely true. In most any case, we are opposites, Danielle and I. Yeah. She is the ultimate winger. Yeah. I go in, I'm going to be goofy. If nothing else, people think I'm cute. And that honestly, for her, works 80, 90% of the time. Yes. 10% of the time, to me, it's my personality. Where it goes wrong, it's not (laughs) worth it. Where you say something, (laughs) yes, it doesn't come out right. Oh man. You say I'm gonna go for this and I'm gonna talk about this political point. Oh, it wasn't fully formed, now I'm halfway through this and I don't know what to say, and it just falls flat. Yes. Most times you can pull it off, people laugh at her, and it's cute, and it's like it turns out great. Yes. The ten percent of the time where it doesn't. That to me is not <laughs> worth it. I'm like, no, I would never risk that.
0: See, invited because I come from the other side. I think I'm gonna put myself so out there with strangers on a regular basis, and the wins that I get from that are totally worth <laughs> my horrible losses that I deal uh, with on a regular not basis. Worth it for me, because I totally so, deal with that. Okay, so for me,
4: it's just I know that I don't want that feeling of man. I'm, i I could have represented myself a lot better. I'm not saying anything I don't think is true. I'm not being someone else. I'm just uh, being myself, but being like just more prepared, you know. Yes. Like I'm not, I'm not making up a different opinion that I really don't have. I'm not asking so and so a question about something I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, making sure that I'm ready to have this conversation with this person. Yes, because of what this relationship represents. You know, and yes, you know, th- uh, different relationships represent different things. And there are people that if we're talking about work, I work with that I am personally invested in apart from work. There are people I work with that are peers that I'm not. There are um, people that I report to that I am personally invested in and there are people that I'm not, but I still have a responsibility to present myself a certain way. And people realize that I don't think it's manipulative. Yes. People understand that that's why, that's what, that's why how this relationship exists.
0: Yes, um, man, everything you're saying, uh, in right here, there's almost two things that are coming out of this for me, one is the thought of y- how you operate, your training, how you hold yourself and prepare for things. Yep. And then the other side is, uh, the authenticity, the question of like, what is this me of the understanding we get to, we actually get to create who we are in the world to an extent. Sure. Uh, in the sense of how, like I said, how other people perceive us yep. and this, when you're saying, when I'm th- hearing about you, like I'm sh- thinking about you in your car driving and like <laughs> going through it and having your stuff prepared, uh, I think of that phrase that says, we, do, we don't rise to the occasion. We sink to our level of training. Have you ever heard of that? That's a military no, thing. but yes.
4: I mean, yes. things don't happen. So hard, like, so say thing like creativity or... Um, if you're talking about things happening, you're preaching to the
0: choir because yes, all the like, things have happened to me.
4: Right. <laughs> things don't happen by accident. Hard work trumps talent every time. You know, if you're thinking, I'm talented enough to wing it, it whatever, like a social conversation, um, something that's work-related, a, yes. a gig, uh, like it, hard work always tramps or tramps. They tramps trumps, they, yeah, yeah. Trumps talent hard work tra- yeah. every time. Um And, you know, honestly, that's where, and for me, so say talent can give you maybe a different starting point. Yeah. You're physically gifted a certain way. You're born with just a different way of looking at things, thinking about things. Okay. You're starting a little bit ahead of other people. If you don't put in the work to develop that talent, you're going to get passed up really quick. And if you have talent, you know, born with talent and hard, plus hard work, that's, Amazing. You
0: can be untouchable.
4: But otherwise just hard work always beats, you know, God-given talent every time and that's You know hard work is hard work. It's not glamorous. Yes. It's doing stuff. That's boring. Just yeah Do just do it again. Yes. Just get
0: another rep under your belt I wish someone would have told me that uh, and I'm thinking selfishly of because you mentioned gigs. Yep. My thing of I Didn't realize it till later in life that if I show up to a gig and it took me 45 hours to prep to the point of me kicking ass yep. or it took me 30 minutes to listen to the tune once and I have perfect memory and yep. I could go there and crush it too. Nobody gives a crap. Yep. It's to the point of I need to put in my time, whatever that is, to get to the point that I think is going to be the level of awesomeness right. that needs to be happening. Right. Uh, so th- whereas maybe someone with talent, they've worked out there too, they can focus on more things and get even further. Yep. Um, but I'm just, that's what I'm thinking of when yeah, you're and that so stuff.
4: We talked, um, I called into your podcast a month ago, oh, yeah. six weeks ago. Yeah.
0: About Talking create- about the difference between uh, what makes someone creative.
4: Right. Uh, so I listened to the podcast. It's great. Someone, uh, I think it was Gould, Steve Gould called, yes. called in. Um, I'm going to totally paraphrase this, but his definition, what was yeah, the definition his- of creativity? Is yes. that was the question? Yep. His definition was. I can um, tell you right now. Something to the point of. Uh, point of creativity is creating something that didn't exist before that wasn't there before bringing something into existence yeah. that didn't exist before a creative something
0: person like is someone who imagines or envisions something that doesn't exist but could exist sure creativity is then the act or work of bringing it into existence sure yep there's my quote list
4: that is work and that does the work yes okay Like if you want to do that my beef, and I call I call into that uh, question actually, and kind of gave my beef is like, you know, so many times, and largely kind of all the time, we are very specific about what creativity is and what it isn't, and what's a creative field and what's not a creative field, and what's a creative person and what's not a creative person. Um, I have a problem with that because a lot of times I see people build as creatives or fields build as creative fields. Yes or in action, uh, presented as a creative action, um, in the light where it's just an accident. You're mm-hmm. inspired, uh, this is just a talent that's innate, that you're born with. I think when people, almost 100% of the time, are giving credit to someone's talent, they're giving credit to someone's hard work. They're not giving credit to someone's talent. Yes. You know, they were born with the talent, um, but what they're seeing when they're yeah. crediting talent is the hours someone put into refining that. Thing. Yes. And if it's music, a lot of really crappy songs yes. and them playing on a lot of gigs or a lot of sessions that they weren't inspired. They're were just putting the time or a lot of time wood chopping, mm-hmm. scales or writing crappy riffs. Like it's the work that equals yes. the skill. They're, they're giving credit to the skill, but they're calling it talent. Does it make sense? Yes.
0: And they're cheapening the work. Right. When you say, well, they're just talented. Like it just came easy for you. Right. You just woke up and just crushed
4: it. They're seeing skill and calling it talent. Yes. Skill equals hard work. So similarly, that is why, um, I called in and I forget what I said, but something about, you know, I, it's frustrating for me. how creativity is built on such a specific scale. Yeah. Um, it's, it's music. It's a uh, visual, um, you know, something where someone's in graphic design or they're in yeah. advertising. Uh, it's an art, artistic field, and I see so many people who work in those fields who are not creative people. Yeah, I would never call them creative people. Lots of people in those fields who are, lots who aren't. Yeah, I see lots of people um, that are, you know, financial analysts or business developers who are very, very creative, who are, my dad's a contractor, and I would call him this, very creative. Yes. Um, lots of people in that those fields who are not creative. Uh, it's just, for me, creativity is a way of looking at something. And like Steve Gold said, it is a way of creating something that didn't exist before. Yeah. And honestly, I firmly believe that creative people are the best employees. Because whatever the field is, Okay. You add value to your employer because you're creating something that didn't exist before. You're not just filling a role, doing a very specific set of tasks that that's what I do. This is my position. I do this. Yes. Something that's creative looks at something that didn't exist before, a new product, they define a process, and they create something that wasn't there before, not just in music mm-hmm. or art or something that's visual. Yes. That adds so much value to the company, and that's how you succeed professionally.
0: Sarah calls it uh, a strength of hers, she calls it needs prediction. And I wonder if part of that is, is that of thinking, well, yes, someone technically hasn't spelled out exactly what I need to do, like a robot, Sure, but I'm gonna think ahead and predict and think about the different outcomes that could happen right. and predict that and pro- solve the problem before the problem right. happens. Right, right. Yes. Um,
4: A huge reason I'm successful at work is because I can look at, is how we're doing things right now. This is where we want to go, okay? Uh, And it can be something as uncreative and mundane as we want to do this thing and spend 8% less at it next year. Okay, great. How How are we going to do this? Yeah. The same level of service, same quality product, whatever it is, and achieve that goal. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's create something new. Let's create yeah. a new way to do this thing. Yes. And that to me is very creative. Whereas I'll see people in a field, say photography, yeah, who are very creative. I'll also see people in that same field who they've got their four, you know, kind of same little filters they stamp and everything. Yep. Yeah. And like that's what they do every time. And it is so not creative. Yes. It's the same product every time. Yes.
0: They're Even though you're any. technically in the creative right. field, no, they're not creative
4: at all. Ugh. um, and we just get so hung up, and part is probably social media, on fields defining If someone's creative or not. And I just think it's such an oversight. Yes, you know, to me, creativity is creating, bringing something into existence that didn't exist before. But also, it's a way of looking at things. Like to me, creative people are curious people. Yes, hey, that was an <laughs> Can I get that in writing? Um, People that look at something and say, oh, I want to know how that works. Yes. Like, people that see something at face value, it doesn't ping any of their curiosity. Mm-hmm. T- to me, in general, those things line up. Yes. They're usually not a creative person. Yeah.
0: Man, creativity and curiosity it are hu- hugely linked, in my opinion, because I, I mean, one of my new things over the past year has been, I believe... That a genuine sense of curiosity would solve 99% of the world's problems. Yes. And whether it's social uh, in the sense of, I, are you genuinely curious enough to think about it from someone else's perspective? Yes. And it's, it, man, I've never thought about it. It's linked to, to creativity in the way you're saying, because it really is of like, okay, this is given what I'm doing right now, how I'm whatever. I've got my, I've got my sounds on my pedal board figured out. I might got my go to things, whatever field of the cliche creativity you mm-hmm. have, you're in. It's if you add curiosity to that, then you're wondering of like, how can I, what's, what's more that I don't know beyond right. this? Like what hasn't happened yet that might happen that yep. I can like, predict or whatever problem solve and you're saying in the professional world it's the same thing all the time what drives me crazy uh and i think this is something we've talked about before is that people who are not in the quote cliche creative field Mm -hmm. in the professional world what Mm we call they understand and appreciate the creativity in creatives. Mm-hmm. But it's not always reciprocated. There's not a lot of, quote, cl- sure. creative field people that appreciate the creativity in sure. the professional field. Yep. And I don't know if you see that all the time, I being see, in both
4: worlds. I see that from the other side more. So I do kind of have a little bit of, du- not maybe dual world, at least dual perspectives. And I oh, I mean, yeah, you've,
0: you've existed in, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um,
4: and I, in that equation, land more on the called professional non-creative mm-hmm. side, whatever. Where I see a lot of quote-unquote creatives throwing up crutches for themselves, um, and therefore limiting themselves themselves. Uh, I mean, their process by like oh, I'm just not inspired, or this isn't creative. If I just go in and put yes. in the work or, you know what, deadlines, who cares, I just, you know, it's not done, I'm just Mm -hmm. not creative, or I'm not not feeling it right now, I'm not happy with the product, you know, I'm not into this thing right now, so I'm just not even gonna try. That's more the side I see where there's not value put on just doing something to do something. And I think there's a lot of value on, just do it. You, I mean, doing something to do something. Right, like, you just you just create, whatever. we'll just say broadly create, and we'll just include kind of any professional venture in there. Uh, so if your job is advertising, if your job is photography, if your job is accounting, you do that thing to do it. That's the only way you hone your craft is through experience and through repetition. Yes. And some creatives, there is... Um, the thought that it an objective is only worth doing if the end product justifies if this was worth doing or not. And that's not true. Because there's always value in just doing it. Yes. Does that make sense?
0: 100%. I met with, I just interviewed this last week, so I have an episode coming out tomorrow morning with a guy named Peter Himmelman who wrote a book uh, that was influential to me. And when And we just sat down real quick And one of his things is that he believes nothing he creates is wasted, because he everything goes into itself. Whether or not he uses it, if it's a song idea, whatever it is, he just gets better. He just puts it out into the world because uh, even the act of doing it moves him forward. Exactly. Like he was saying. Yeah.
4: Exactly. You can separate the larger uh, goal of yourself and your creative efforts. Apart yes, person this project this thing. Yes. So for example, I see a lot of people I'll we'll call them creative. is a creative field. Let's say Get very frustrated by their craft and almost have a love-hate relationship with it uh, because they only Create quote-unquote when they're inspired and therefore they never develop yes. so think of if you only played bass oh, on so songs you enjoyed yes. when you were into your tone on projects you clicked with the people on. Like yes. if you only did that a couple years from now, your skills of mm-hmm. playing bass never would have developed. You think, man, I'm just playing the same thing. This isn't fun like it used to yes. be. Nothing about this is inspiring now. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. And yep. it's just frustrating. Yep. Whereas if you're putting in the time... Oh maybe that's maybe you're a songwriter and that song is just junk and you yep. write the whole thing took you a week and you lay it out there on a notebook and it's like oh that really sucks that is totally great that that effort is totally worth it because you are progressing you're developing yes. you're working through your craft and the next one might suck too but six months from now if you keep doing that you're gonna be a lot better
3: Yes, and it won't
4: suck if you only write the song. If you feel like the end product's gonna be worth it, you will never develop your skill, mm. and it, you'll eventually come to hate it because you're gonna be frustrated that you're always here, you're never progressing. Mm. Um, and I see a lot of that, man. So there's always value in the work.
0: If I'm gonna be all, aw- if I'm gonna be honest, and this does not make me look cool, uh, I really, in my natural resting state, struggle with that mm. because I am such. Um, like the feeler side. Yeah. I'm just not feeling it right now. Or I want to play something that inspires me. I I find myself naturally leaning to reading books I already agree with, listening to music I already like, playing lines I already know how to play. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that if it's, I've seen in myself that's cyclical. If I let myself stay in that rut, which I've let myself stay in that rut for way too long at time at times. Yep it compounds on itself and you're less and less inspired and it's just downward spiral Right. where I feel like I was never told that what you're saying of like, no, if you just do the work, um, I mean the, what you're saying comes down to something I wrote down when we were talking, uh, a few weeks ago when you were talking about the value of deadlines, Mm, does that play a role into this?
4: And that's, and that's just essentially the same point, but uh, a force that's making you, turn in a project you know and Mm. because yeah you you never want to turn something in especially when it's not just for yourself like you're just not working on a song or whatever like just for you it's something someone else is going to be looking at and judging but you've got a deadline you've got a project it needs to move forward you got to turn it in and a lot of times i'm in a position and lots of people are where i'm not super proud of this Maybe I didn't think of this great idea I was going to think of. And maybe I'm just kind of rewriting this process or whatever, an idea that already existed. It's not really anything new. I'm not super pumped about it. But it's worth it just to turn it in. Like there, That Dulley. pressure Man, is so important. This is so you know? freaking good. Like yes. it, just moves, it, it moves the chains forward. And it's not glamorous yes. all the time, right? most of the time. But it keeps you moving forward. Yes. yes, we talked about before. So I grew up with my best friend's dad's, or uh, growing up, northern Minnesota. He was a reporter for NPR. Yeah, and he, you know, was, that's what he did. And all of a sudden, we were maybe in I don't know, tenth grade, eleventh grade, and uh, he came out with a book, and it was like out of nowhere, this guy was you know, it was my friend's dad. Reporter for NPR, like this, their northern beat, and he had this New York Times best-selling novel, and then he came up with another one a few years later, New York Times bestseller. He sold over a million books. This guy, jeez, lives in you know, northern Minnesota, near Brainerd, um, and so like back then I was even more into music and was gonna yeah. make it as you know as a musician and was in a couple bands and whatever high school bands, and so I was like, man, how do you like songwrite? we Talk about this, how do you write? So I was thinking about songwriting. And, like, how are you so inspired to write? Because I just see the product. And the product is this gorgeous novel. Yes. And I'm thinking, man, like, what kind of inspiration do you have, like, to get, have this just flow out of you? Mm-hmm. And essentially the conversation is it's the opposite. Like, it's he puts in work. He gets up, has an alarm set. I mean, whatever it was, early in the morning, so 6.30, 7 o'clock, the alarm goes off, makes a pot of coffee, goes in his writing room. He stays in there till lunch, comes out for lunch, goes back in till about three or four, then he's done. He puts in the time every day, and he may throw away everything he wrote at the end of the day. Yes, he may keep a paragraph. Yes, but he does that because that's the only way. And some days it flows, and sometimes it's two weeks of crap and stuff he throws away. Yes, but it's. His point was, it's not this, it's not the muse touching you and just kind of flows out of you. It's putting in work. It is uh, honing your craft.
0: Oh, Some people
4: so say you could luck out. So good. You've got a. I I mean, that's, that's why you have one hit wonders. Mm-hmm. You come up with a great song. And you're like, oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. I can't wait to hear what they come up with next. And it's crap. Yes. Because they lucked out. Yeah. They, there was no development or meat behind what they came out with. It was mm-hmm. just lucky. Yeah and people that have longevity or consistency or get better and better mm-hmm. those people are putting in work yes. and that's what seems to be kind of the anti creative mindset in some circles
0: yes man oh man there's so many good things you're saying first of all this all this stuff you're saying pisses me off because <laughs> i'm i this is it's a fact like this is this is truth as true to me uh, as gravity is in in existence of the universe this is how it works you can't fight it you need to know how it works and just and roll with it if that makes sense i'm stumbling because i'm a penicillin into this (laughs) which by the way do we need
4: uh, i'm good for now but if you want another
0: one go for it we'll see if he comes in here uh okay i so it's frustrating to me that it's taking me so long because it's literally mm, the past uh I'm. I'm sure someone told it to me. I just didn't listen. But the past twelve kind months, something. That's the romantic notion of. Totally, you'd be inspired too. Yeah, yeah. you just somewhere. I don't know where it'll happen, but you'll just someone's struck with an idea. Right. That's why I'm so fascinated with uh, backstories. So if there's mm. ever anybody that seems to, I'm, my interest and curiosity is always peaked when someone's name. Uh, is linked to the idea of them. Oh yeah, they just came out of nowhere. Right. They just yeah. No they just exploded. The whole yeah. Ten thousand. Right. Yes. Beatles, and I'm like, oh no, that. they. I want to know the backstory of because they've been hustling for fifteen years. Right. They've got a wife and the ten year old right. and whatever, and no one's known about right. them until really, right now. I really really
4: think that if any success is sustainable, that person is put in the work. Say you've got a small percentage that are going to do one offs you come up with a hit song they're going to make this crazy random investment make a ton yes. of money but if something is sustainable i believe there has been hard work put into it for sure
0: at some point yes. uh, and because yes. it could be it could have come out of nowhere cuz yes. i think i've se- i've heard of these things where you have a one hit wonder, whatever it is, and then they recognize it and then they say I can't think of any specifics, sure, you but go then back they in, say, I'm just gonna hustle now. Rich, sure. Yeah. They're like, this is my opportunity. I'm gonna run with it yep. and not let it go. And that's the
4: whole reason for the sophomore curse, the second album, yeah. you know, deal. Is mm-hmm. people put in they put out an album, um, and it was either like one hit wonder stuff. Or they were banned for two years, and that album was the culmination of two years of hard work. And that was everything. Yes. And then you just come up with something else.
0: And then you got six months to put out something right. else. And they yeah. haven't
4: developed. Yes. And they're essentially a new band. I mean, two years is mm. not a long time. Yeah. And it just goes nowhere. Yes. Uh, and same thing professionally. Like, I run into people all the time where they're known for, like, a deal. Yeah. But then that was three years ago. Like... Nothing's happened through years, and actually you've made some really stupid calls in the past few years. And that guy is honestly just kind of winging it. They're they're waiting for inspiration or something that looks obvious to come across. and
0: Man, that's so good. Okay, so the thought of work into it. Right. But then there's the back thing. That's, uh, I think that's also understated is the deadline or the turn it in, or you could also call it the sharing is what I call it in the sense of, uh, just selfish only. I'm just trying to put myself in this situation of what I've learned Mm -hmm. and that is, uh, a blog. So I want to be, I, I am dead set on being a better writer. Mm-hmm. I want to write good stories yep. and write well. And I realize I have a very limited vocabulary and I'm determined to get better at all this yep. stuff. So, uh, what I've learned, uh, and i I think I may have read it from a guy named Austin Cleon, of saying, having a blog is a forced deadline on yourself because the benefit is if you sure. know, there's this, there's a sweet spot. I'm trying to think of how, how to explain this best, but I, there's a sweet spot that's is you don't, turn it in your first draft. Right. But at the same time, you don't work on it until you bastardize the project. Right. Until, until, it's you, not, question it, until you question Until everything. you question everything. Yes. Uh, a
4: deadline moves the chains forward. You've got a deadline for a blog.
0: Yes. To say, and so it's, now I've learned, I've put out crappy things where I just write the first draft and I put it out there and yep. that's not good. I need to go back and review my work, maybe sit on it for a yep. day, but maybe no longer than two days. Right.
4: But for yeah. most people nothing is ever complete. Nothing is ever perfect. Yes. And so you will sit on something, whatever it is, a work project, a blog, you'll sit on it and think, okay, that's good. It could be a little better. That's good. It could be a little better. And if you did that for a year, at the end of the year, if you were just sitting on things and sitting on things, say you had two, three blog entries. Yes. Or you had 20 and you're in a much different place as a writer because Mm -hmm. of all this practice and work put into it instead of these three which actually probably are going to be like past perfect they're going to be just confusing and way too edited yeah Um, there's so much power in turning something that maybe you feel like is not what you want it to be but just to get it done and check it off because you are not all like this is not you as a complete form like this is a thing, and it's that that is singular and exists here, and it's also part of what you're gonna
0: be. I love where you're going. You know with what I'm this. saying? Yes. That came out yes. Weird, but it's it, part of the process of becoming. Yeah, it's
4: two things, and I feel like people who want to sit in it forever view it as just this one singular event. Yes. I especially going back to my buddy's dad, who's an author. You know, not because of any kind of personal connection. Both the books he's written are some of my. Favorite all-time books. And you read them and you know it's art. It's just like music where it makes you legitimately feel something. It changes your mood. It just it opens it makes you aware. It's it's spiritual in the sense that mm-hmm. art is, you know. Um so spiritual you would think it just flowed through him. Yes. It just came out. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just not that way. Like, and that doesn't, for some reason. It feels like that takes away from the magic mm-hmm. of it,
1: but Yes, it doesn't.
4: I I guarantee you, anyone that you look at and you think, you know, they get up on stage and they speak and it just connects with people and it's emotional, it's, it's impactful. They're so talented. That's not an accident. That's skill. That is practice. Ah. That is boring, mundane, standing in front of a mirror. That yes. is bombing it for a few years yes. and not speaking well in front of people. Oh, man. That is driving your spouse crazy and running through, you know, presentations with her. That's just mm-hmm. the boring stuff. That's the yes. only way you get there, you know?
0: Yes, man. Okay, this is, this is awesome. Because, dude, this, you're rocking my world <laughs> with this. Because even I'm, I'm trying to take this on a practical level. Uh, of even someone like you, and this feel it feels weird to give you a compliment like this in front of you, like two <laughs> feet away from you, but like someone like you who seems to me uh, so much more well-spoken and put together and your ideas and thoughts are formed before you say them. How weird is that? Uh, but the, the thought is I don't see the work that goes in behind thinking about, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to sit in my car and I'm going to hash these thoughts out and that's not faking it. I'm not fake. When I have these form thoughts, when I run into something, I'm just thinking ahead and being willing to put the work into it. Right. Because, and I, I just feel like, um, and maybe this will be it. Maybe we'll wrap up with this. All of this comes down to every, the entire thing we've been talking about seems to me like it comes down to, Uh, recognizing your weaknesses and being willing to put the work in ahead of time where you aren't, where you are being proactive instead of being reactive in a job, your deadlines, like you're talking about, those are forced upon you. And you of course have to, uh, you have to turn something in by that point in time. Mm-hmm. But what happens when the world isn't forcing on you a deadline? Right. That's when you have to be like your author friend who sits down and says, my, I'm putting the deadline on myself and I'm turning it in. Right. So for me, I have to turn it. I know I need to have a goal of putting it in front of someone or else I'm not going to put the pressure on myself for it to be right. good.
4: And it's honestly reevaluating um, the measures of success. So I feel like an mm-hmm. amateur would say an amateur writer, this is just speculation, uh, would value a successful day as writing a few pages that are worthy of going in the book. Successful day. I feel like a professional writer values a successful day as I did the work. And maybe yes. I threw it all away, but I went in there at 7 o'clock till 3 30. That was what I was supposed to do. Today. Yes. And I focused and I did the work. That's what I was supposed to do. Because that gets me where I want to go. Yes. Um, there's so much value on hard work. And for some reason, and honestly, I feel like you can't overstate the negative power of the artificial. And we all know it's artificial, mm-hmm. but we also forget that it's artificial. The way social media presents things is you just see the end product. Yes. and the values and the hard work almost more yes. than the end product, you know? Yes. Um, And that's not romantic, but it's the only way you're going to get to where you want to go. And like I said, I see so many times where people's, uh, their talent, which mm-hmm. when it's not developed mm-hmm. and it's left as a talent, and I only produce when that talent uh, is on or inspires yes. me, kind of becomes a, you kind of loathe your talent you know if you don't develop yes. it
0: because you're frustrated that you're just still here i've 100 been there yeah oh yeah um and you be, you become resentful towards it right. and like you question yourself why am i doing this did i make all these mistakes in the past right. to bring me right. here and
4: you think i used to be so inspired with this why am i not anymore yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
4: um why am i just playing the same thing or writing the same thing or doing the same thing at work and i just think people under and of course lots of people don't but underestimate how hard work and how valuable that is you know and just doing it to do it yes um just produce to produce yes and don't judge the final product every time like you'll get there you've got to do the work to get there
0: dude Um, that is so awesome dude that's it man oh that's so good oh man I have to go pee so bad. Me too. Uh let's are you down for having another cocktail? I am. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh thanks for hanging out with me. All right. Do we uh do we make out now? Done. Is this a cool time to make Can out? We are we close we? the curtain. Alright, let's close the curtain I mean, and make out. Yeah. <laughs> right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. <laughs> Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is The Rob Morgan. At the Rob Morgan, whatever. You you you, you know the drill. Alright, enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, <laughs> I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you, podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst, whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast, nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey,
1: Hofi, can I steal you for a second?
0: Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness?
1: I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more,
0: that's all. All right, that's it, thanks. (laughs) Uh, I love that crap. All right, have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. I got nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it.
1: I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. Perfect.